Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Blessed and Happy. Good afternoon. Blessed or is it blessed? Or blessed? Blessed and happy. Brought a hymnal up, so we're going to sing some more songs here late, later. Yeah. But, uh, adjust this light here. There we go. Are you blessed? Are you happy? You know, both go hand in hand. If you are blessed with something, you are happy. But what are you blessed with? In this world, there is much unhappiness brought on by the troubles that we see and the wrongdoing that we see going on. And no one likes to be unhappy. There's a root cause for unhappiness, but sometimes unhappiness just happens. Happiness, we know, comes in many forms, like a short sermon. <laughs> it can result from things that we get or things we look forward to, or things that we, that we give in life. So we pursue happiness, which we know can be elusive, and we know it can be temporary, especially the material things. Now the opposite of happiness is sadness, it's sorrow, and uh, it's like sorrow, uh, say sorrow looks back, and worry looks around, but faith looks up. And so, uh, that's the blessing of faith. It's, it's uplifting by hearing God's word, by coming to understand what his blessings are, and from assembling together so much more as we see the day coming, if we were able to. And we bless God with our presence. We bless our Father with our presence here as a congregation. Happiness, a writer said, is like a butterfly just out of one's grasp until you just sit down quietly and it, it lights on you or it, it alights on you. Then you're happy for a while. If you've ever been to one of those uh, butterfly, uh, what do you call those butterfly uh, places? What do you call, what do you say? Building. Building, <laughs> okay, that's good enough. Butterfly Palace or something of that sort. You know, like the one they have in Branson because it's the first time it came across something like that. The butterfly. It left a good impression on me because there are these big butterflies there and you kind of want to go where they are and you kind of reach out to them, but they won't come to you until you just sit down quietly and wait and pretty soon they land on you. Just for a while, but you're happy. You have that feeling of happiness and it's only temporary in a way. You kind of forget about the troubles that might be on your mind. You forget about the problems of the world when that butterfly lands on your mind and you're in a case in this enclosure where there are just uh, hundreds of butterflies of all sizes and colors and shapes. can make you happy when you see those kids that go in there. They're real happy to be among those butterflies. Then there are those uh, 
spiritual things that you have to think on. The things from the eternal as written in his word that can last forever because they're not temporary. And that's the happiness and the blessing that we are in pursuit of. Now, some find happiness in giving, and there are two kinds. One is being openly charitable. You know, you're proud to donate uh, to, say, like a telethon, and, and you can't wait to see your name scrolled across the screen as, uh, as a donation. So, you know, they have their reward, giving something in expectation in return. On the other hand, there is a charitable giving where it's done anonymously, expecting nothing in return, and knowing that God will op uh, openly uh, return or give the reward back in some way. Cast your bread upon the waters and it shall return unto you. We all, of course, like to give, especially to our children. We all like to give to our mates, you know, maybe a birthday, maybe an anniversary. And we like to see someone else made happy by what we do. So does God. He wants to see us happy by what he says and by his promises and the things that he, he gives us. Even, you know, when we wake up, we're still able to see. We're still, still able to breathe. We have a lot of blessings in this life that we take for granted. But uh, one of the best things that we can give in life is a smile. And... I read that it takes 73 muscles to frown and about 13, only 13 muscles to, to smile. So, you know, we expend a lot of energy by frowning, being unhappy. So, in those times, we should, you know, count our blessings. When you smile, and I uh, thought about having Art do, uh, do a little... Uh, musical interlude, but uh, I'm just going to read, uh, save him a trip up here. He hasn't had that much practice on it, so I don't want, but I know he can do it, but uh, for copyright's sake and stuff like that, I think I'll just limit it to just a few things. There's a song written by uh, Charles Chaplin way back in 1954, and it, the entire, it's entitled Smile, Smile, uh, Smile. Though your heart is aching, smile even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by if you smile through your fear and sorrow. Smile, and maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through. Light up your face with gladness. Hide every trace of sadness. Although a tear may be ever so near, that's the time you must keep on trying. Smile. What's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you'll just smile. And psychologists say that, you know, when you make your mood happy, even though you may not feel happy, that it'll begin to set in, that you'll begin to, uh, to uh, think happy because in uh, smiling, you can uh, change that sadness into happiness ever so gradually. But you have to choose to be happy. Scripture says that as a man thinks, so is he. So we can tell our brain, you know, I'm happy, even though there is every, might be every reason to be sad. Do we always wear a smile? Not all the time. Sometimes we frown a lot, and uh, I've 
got Carolyn sometimes when she'll, she'll see the mood I'm in and she'll just say, smile. It takes a while, but you know, <laughs> I'll smile, but what for, you know? But we have each other to help us, to encourage us, to smile, to be blessed, and to be happy. So, to everything there is a season. And we have to exercise, you know, uh, appropriately as a situation calls for, whether to be gleefully happy or, uh, you know, be sensitive to uh, the, the situation that people might be in. Someone's in a hospital room, very ill, very sick. You know, you don't come dancing in being very happy and gleeful. You know, there's a time to uh, e express and feel the same as others. <clears throat> when Carolyn and I began uh, going to church, we, we began in Ada, Oklahoma, and we used to travel, you know, a little over an hour, hour and a half, every weekend to Ada from either Durant or from Eufaula. And we did that for a long time. And then when uh, we moved to uh, uh, the Panhandle, we traveled to Amarillo, over 128 miles. And there were times when, you know, the long trip kind of made you uh, feel a little bit uh, tired, not really happy. And especially when you ran into uh, car problems or something. And there was one, one time where I was uh, just sort of out of the mood. And um, I don't exactly remember, but I remember pulling off of the road onto the shoulder. And there were no really uh, paved shoulders. There was just uh, a lot of dirt. And I came to kind of a quick stop. And I dug my, my wheels dug into the, into the, uh, into the ground. And, you know, that kind of turned the Sabbath into a, a day not being so, so rejoicing or joyful or happy and uh, feeling less than blessed. And I realized that here I was and we'll be, we're going to be late for services and all of that. And, and so I realized the mood that I was in and, and prayed. And, and, and there was this little rise and just, just over the hill came this white pickup truck and, and the man stopped across the highway. And he went to the back of his pickup truck, and he, he uh, got out a tow line and things. He hooked me up, and he pulled me out. And I was happy. And I was blessed that somehow he, he, he was there. We're blessed in a lot of ways. And you come close to things in life that could take your own life. And, and you feel, and you say, well, wow, that was close. Very close. Like yesterday, uh, Carolyn and I were... Uh, in a parking lot and you know parking lots can be you know you take things for granted everybody's parked no, and, and you don't really look around well I felt like I had the right of way anyway but just as I t uh, started to turn a pickup just going zoom right in front of us a red pickup and Carolyn was on that side and you know we're happy that nothing came of that I felt like going down a uh, to where he parked on the far end shopping parking lot and uh, giving him a piece of my mind but I let it go anyway maybe that would have made me happy I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but when we went to services in the early days, uh, there, was a, there was a hymn that seemed to be popular in those days. We, we heard it quite often. 
and it's uh, from Psalm uh, 1, and it's based on Psalm 1 and, and written, and it was put to, the tune, put to a tune by uh, Dwight Armstrong, and it's blessed and happy is the man who does never walk astray nor with the ungodly men stands in sinner's way. How many of you remember that, that, how that tune goes? That's great. Want to sing it? I'll pass right now. Nair in scorner's chair he sits, for he places his delight in God's law and meditates on it day and night. And then the chorus goes, all he does prospers well, but the wicked are not so. They are chaff before the wind, driven to and fro. He shall be a tree that grows, planted by the river's side, which in season yields its fruit, green its leaves abide. And then the chorus uh, again goes the same. Now when you, uh, when you uh, compare the beginning of this hymn to the beginning of Psalm 1, you'll notice a, a, a little difference there. We see the word happy uh, added to uh, the scripture in this song right here for it reads blessed and happy is the man whereas the scripture in, in your King James Version says blessed is the man but the rest of the words of the hymn match the scriptures let's go to Psalm 1 and verse 1 You're already there and blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You know, when you're scornful, uh, you're, you're unhappy about something. And hence, hatred arises, bitterness arises, debate arises, suspicion and all sorts of things. And you become scornful of things. But his delight is in the law of the eternal, the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So... He consults the source of happiness, and he thinks about the law as it applies to whatever uh, conduct he, he does in life. And once he selects the right way, knows the right way to go, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Because in our life, as we look and meditate on the word of God, we are drawing the Holy Spirit from the waters of life. And that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. By having regard to the word of, of God, to the rule of our actions, we'll bear good fruit. Or enough good fruit to know that we are at least prospering and going the right direction. The ungodly, however, are not so. And you might think, well... There's a lot of ungodly people that we see, but they have all these material blessings. They seem to have everything going for them. But those things are temporary. But they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the, of the ungodly shall perish. 
And so we should be happy that we are meditating on God's law and doing righteousness. So we see that we're, we don't want to be like the chaff that's uh, blown away by not having a rule of life to live by. But are we happy all the time? Do things always go right for Christians? Yet, while we can have times of sadness, you know, we must not mope around forever. And we are to look to Christ to lift us up. We are to look to his word to lift us up. And we also are to look to others who can lift us up. And then blessed and happy is that person who does never walk astray, young or old, as they find wisdom and direction in the word of God. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So in our human condition, we're bound to have adversity. We're bound to see sadness. We're bound to be unhappy at times. Verse 8, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. But how is this happiness derived? How is it obtained, and what are its roots? A writer once wrote that a man is happy so long as he chooses to be happy. Like a lot of other things that make up our character, we make decisions that affect our attitude. And our attitude has an effect on others. To be happy is to be joyous. And it's made possible by some form of blessing we receive or have knowledge of like the glory of God in the example of Christ and knowing God's glory as a creator, as sustainer of all that we see. That's a blessing. A blessing of knowledge that we can have when we might have doubts or things crop up in our mind that makes us feel unhappy. Happiness begins with what? The fear of the Lord. Psalm 128, just one, one verse there. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walks in his ways. There are two things here. The blessing that brings happiness is derived from the fear of the Lord. That is, you know, have, having deep respect for him. And secondly, to walk in his ways, being obedient to those things that bring joy. It's kind of a difference between walking and running. Uh, if you've ever seen children in, in a toy store or maybe at Walmart or someplace because they have all of this stuff that's there on the shelves and, and the little children in the shopping carts are tagging along in the aisle, uh, they become very uh, excited. Uh, they kind of run, you know, 
little kids do, singing, giggling. And sometimes for the parent, it's like, hey, calm down, calm down. I'm going to take you out to the car. Or, and uh, so we, <clears throat> sometimes the, the happiness that uh, you see in a child, and that's the only way they can really, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> express their happiness is to do those uh, motor things, you know, wave their arms, sing songs, and bounce up and down and jump and do all that stuff. And, and for us adults, sometimes it, it becomes a little bit of a chore because uh, we, they need to be calmed down. But happiness begins with the fear of the Lord. But <clears throat> uh, to walk in his ways, not to run, but to you know, have a little self-control. And by being obedient to those things, that brings joy. Happiness is also obtained by trust in the Lord. The eternal God. Proverbs 16. <clears throat> the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. You know, that's our aim. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the road that we travel as our goal, to depart from evil. Because, you know, as we go along in this journey we call life, we're going to meet up with all sorts of things that will detour us. Bumpy roads. Smooth roads that may be deceptive and all sorts of uh, situations there are on the road or the highway that can bring about evil in our life. He that keeps his way preserves his soul. So we know that a happy day is coming when all is said and done in this age because uh, we will have preserved our soul by meditating on God's law and doing his will. Uh, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So, you know that condition of pride and, and vanity and a haughty spirit is something that can blind a person to their ways. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handles a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusts in the eternal, happy is he. So happiness is obtained by trust in the eternal. We find that a lot of unhappiness is due to waywardness. As we approach, you know, without fear, the fear of the Lord, and not departing from evil. Happiness also is rooted in obedience to God. From obedience that begins with the fear of the eternal God. John chapter 13. And this was after Christ had uh, washed his disciples' feet. He said to them, you call me Master and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Don't be so proud and haughty as to think that's below you or beneath you to, to be of service to someone in whatever way. For I have given you an example. And it's you know, recorded in scripture for us to look at. That you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. 
If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. So we know that Christ gave us many examples of doing the right thing. Meekness, patience, love, humility, purity, forgiveness, and other such things. Happy are you if you do these things. These blessings that come from the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteous, righteousness, by whose uh, stripes you were healed. For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Such knowledge like that should make us happy. That our Savior has seen fit that we should follow in his steps and promises to lead and guide us as we go through life. Because we were sheep going astray, headed down the wrong path, the wrong highway to destruction, down the wrong road, doing things that bring unhappiness. But now we are returned unto the shepherd of our, and bishop of our souls. Happiness is derived through Jesus Christ. Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And again, he said, I say rejoice. To rejoice means to be happy. And to be happy in the Lord always. So the apostle here perhaps saw that there was a need among the Philippians to remember to wear a smile. To be happy. To not let anxieties and worries bother them and prevent them from being happy as a Christian. Even though they were undergoing various trials and troubles. Remember that song, uh, can't remember the, the, the singer, but it's a real catchy tune, but it didn't catch on much with me because I don't remember much about it. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. And it became kind of a, a, a phrase that people used a lot. Don't worry, be happy. Verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He's close by. Let them perceive the Christian, that Christian moderation toward outward things and how composed Christians are when they suffer loss and hardships. There is a coming day of judgment with full redemption to believers and destruction to ungodly men. Redemption for believers makes us happy but then on the other hand when we know that destruction is coming to ungodly men you know that doesn't make us very happy you know uh, God takes no pleasure but it takes spiritual spiritual strength and and will to rejoice and so the apostle shows us how in verse 6 he says be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known 
unto God. In this worship of prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, when you begin to recall the blessings that you have and the reasons why you should really be happy, it begins to make a connection with the Father. And then when all that is said and done, then you can have a heartfelt uh, connection and your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're shown how to uh, have this happiness derived through Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So we see, you know, the Apostle Paul saying for that Christians there, they need to be again and again reminded and called to rejoicing. Call the happiness because it will outweigh all causes for sorrow in the long run. Those things, verse 9, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But, or and, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now we all express stress and anxiety, things that can diminish from happiness, even as a Christian. Are we lighthearted today? Or are we heavy-hearted today? Are... You know, sometimes we may find ourselves in an agitated state of mind over real or imaginary fears because, you know, we do feel the various pressures of life, things that can take away our smile. Have a little bit of uh, participation on your part. If you have a sheet of paper, would you, uh, would you write your name on it, please, your full name, your middle name and everything? Do that. Take a few minutes and just write your name on a sheet of paper. Then I'm going to give you a test. No, I'm not. Just <laughs> the test will be for you to listen to me sing. When you are done, just uh, look up. That way I'll know you're ready to go on. In the meantime, you can smile back at me. I appreciate a smile here, Tony. You got it? Got your name written? All right. Uh, now, fill the, the paper underneath where you wrote your name. Do you feel the indentation of where you wrote your name? Just feel under there with your sensitive fingers there. Graphologists believe that when you can feel the indentation you know, on the bottom of where you wrote your name, it's due to pressure, which may be related to some kind of stress or anxiety. You don't have to say whether or not, you know. But as we know, stress can put one into a bad mood. It can uh, cause health problems. And recognizing our own state of mind, and as Christ said, 
The Apostle Paul said during the Passover that we should examine ourselves, our state of mind, because it can help us in knowing what to overcome. I write kind of heavy, so I must be under a lot of uh, pressure, a lot of anxiety as I am now up here. I'd probably tear a hole in the paper if I had to write up here. <clears throat> but how can we overcome this stress or anxiety? Let's go to Psalm 37. It's like whenever you are unhappy and you might be talking to a parent maybe when you were younger or maybe as a child right now you talk to someone because you are unhappy for some reason or other. Here's the advice given. Fret not yourself. Because of evildoers, neither be you envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shall ye dwell in the land, and verily ye shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. You know, you rest in the Lord, you wait patiently. And sometimes it's about all a parent or someone that you're talking to can do is just say, just wait a little while, have patience, things will change. And it does. It often does. And verse 8, to cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So in our world today, we can get stressed out as we pursue things we think will make us happy, make us very happy. And there are worthwhile pursuits. And then we achieve them, and then we are happy. And we go on. But we also need to be in pursuit of the spiritual qualities to find happiness in the eternal. Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> you know, this is a, a chapter about you know, not, not being overly concerned about tomorrow. You know, today the economy is a concern, and, but when deep economic conditions really hit us, you know, this, these scriptures will probably apply even more fully. Verse 22, he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. You know, life more than the food, or more than the clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls. And which of you taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to, to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? 
And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of those things, these things. But rather seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So this, you know, seeking the kingdom should be a habit, a daily habit. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And how happy we will be in that day. And how happy he will be when we are there. There have been many, been many songs written about you know, happiness. There's one I don't really know the tune to, but I saw the title. It's like, Lay Some Happiness on Me. And there's one by, uh, I can't think of, Roger Miller, I think. Yeah. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd, but you can be happy if you've a mind to. And like the one I mentioned a while ago, don't worry, be happy. Now, this is what those words that we read in Luke chapter 12 can do in our life. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Casting, verse 7, all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And when, you know, this devil finds you in an unhappy mood, in a sullen mood of some sort, it's an opportunity for him to make his move and make it worse. So we have to be on guard. Verse 9, whom resists steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The New International Version gives it, in verse 7, to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So if you come and approach services or whatever with an attitude with that you're just going to be unhappy. That's Satan's opportunity to do even more things to cause you more unhappiness. So be self-controlled and alert. He's prowling about. Verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings and some even more so than we here in this nation. So we all go through the same things as others do. Verse 10. But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In 1 Peter, back to 1 Peter, uh, picking up in verse 7. This is chapter 5. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift. Even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now we can serve one another. <clears throat> with positive and encouraging words provide hospitality or, or necessities, whatever we think that will do someone good. 
If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12, Behold, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happen unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad. You may rejoice. You may be happy also with exceeding joy. So as Christ overcame and endured, so should we. But it's not on our own. It's through Jesus Christ who strengthens us because we have the mind of Christ. That is through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have to choose to be happy. Christ wants us to be happy by being blessed in his word. Final reference, Matthew chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is that happy news to you? Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, we have losses, we have sorrows, but, you know, we will be fully comforted come that day. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Because the meek have self-control, they have patience, and so on. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Be exceeding happy. Be exceeding joyful. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. These are all the words of Jesus Christ to you and me today. Blessed and happy are you if you do these things.